0: my name is todd adams
1: this is kathy adams welcome back
0: zen parenting radio june 4th but someone might listen to it
1: on a different day
0: we're taping this actually on june 2nd but it's being broadcast on june 4th ah, to and the day
1: we're taping it it's very cold it's
0: cold blustery day in chicago illinois yeah
1: i was wearing flip-flops and a like a tank yesterday and now i'm wearing a sweatshirt and very warm that's pants. chicago I know. I've lived here my whole life. So it's not as much a complaint as it is an observation. If you don't like
0: the weather, wait 30 minutes.
1: That's right. Do you
0: know that annoys me when people say that?
1: I don't even really get that.
0: It means it's going to change.
1: But that's not true in Chicago. I feel like it's pretty, if you got a cold day, it just sticks around. As Maybe cold. it's
0: um, if you don't like the weather, wait till tomorrow. Maybe that's the phrase. Maybe I screwed up the phrase. Okay,
1: yeah. Because that seems more like a Hawaii thing where it's like hot and then it's like cold and then it's hot. Isn't it
0: always 80 and sunny in Hawaii, though? Yeah,
1: but you know what? You're right. It rains, though. It rains like
0: for an hour in the afternoon and then it gets sunny. Not that I've been there. Someday we'll get there. (laughs) We'll get there. Anyway. And then I I also think Chicago, uh, I think Chicagoans, and I'm a lifelong Chicagoan, they think that um, their weather is so much more drastic than other people's weather. But what? I'm not buying it. I
1: think we're just Midwestern.
0: I think we are, too. <laughs>
1: I think it's just most people have this weather.
0: And I think I, I was going to talk about the Bears fans, too. but What about them? Well, I think that we think we have the best fans, but I don't think we do. I think every town thinks that they have <sighs> the best fans.
1: There's a collective gasp.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, I think Steelers fans are fanatical, and I think Cleveland Browns fans are fanatical. I think the
1: point of it is is that when you are from it, it's not that we're better in a literal, like you could measure it with a stick way. It's just when you are at a Bears game or a Bulls game or at a Blackhawks game, you feel the energy and you just got the best fans. But I don't think it's a literal where you're actually measuring, because how do you measure something like that?
0: Well, you know what my measuring stick is what? for that? If at the end of the game and it looks like they're going to lose, how many people are still in the stands?
1: You know, I wouldn't do very well in that situation. And I don't
0: think many teams would do very well with that, but I think there are certain fanatical people that are diehard and stay to the end.
1: Yes, but um, okay. First of all, are we gonna? I want to talk about this, but do you want to say what we're going to talk about on the show?
0: <laughs> We've upset our producer. Haven't I know
1: we? we have. Say what we're going to talk about. Who are they? Who are they? We're going to talk about the whole concept of they and how we talk about how parents do things because they say to do it, or they say this is the best way. And our question is, is,
0: who who are they? Or who are they? Yeah, not who is they. That would be grammatically incorrect. (laughs) Who are they? Um, And then we're also going to talk about uh, Bruce Lipton, who is an author who I've enjoyed over the last year. Biology of Belief. He wrote a book called The Biology of Belief, and he has a new book out, which I should probably plug, even though I don't know the name of it, but maybe I'll look it up. And then there's one that, oh, we want to talk about BU.
1: Bu, not B- Bo.
0: No, I got plenty of Bo. <laughs> I don't have plenty of Bu. So though. I
1: want to go back to the Chicago thing really quick. Sure. Is that your definition of a good fan? Is someone who stays till the end? But is that a universal definition? Because you can be a really big fan and just decide that you don't want to cause yourself any more pain by staying at the game if you if they're losing ten to zero. Then, why would you put yourself through that?
0: I don't think there is any um, universal measure of a good fan. That's
1: kind of what I mean. Like but, you,
0: but you can ask me what my measure is, and my measure is that.
1: Oh, okay. So but you were just saying that before, and you said, but are they <clears throat> are they really truly good fans? And then your definition was staying through the end of the game, And that may not be everybody's definition.
0: Correct. I think okay. we all have what's your definition?
1: Um, liking the team and uh, cheering for them and maybe wearing their stuff.
0: <laughs> well, um, I guess it would be tough to measure that versus other cities then.
1: well, Don't you think
0: they all do that?
1: Yeah, and and I don't Maybe think... Maybe
0: it's the amount of people that average per game.
1: Yeah. I think it's like, you know, there's an energy that you throw toward a team, and when you talk about them or you wear their stuff, you are a good fan. Right?
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I agree. Let's move on.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, are you making fun of me? No,
0: I just I, I think that what you're like, saying is... I think what you're saying is true, but it's vanilla.
1: Right. But see, I'm not a sports fanatic like you. Right. I'm a sports fan. Right. And my definition of being a fan is I wear a Sox hat. And I used to wear, you know, or you know, or we wear a Bears jersey. Mm-hmm. Or you were wearing your Hawks jersey yesterday. Knowledge
0: of teams. Knowledge would, of teams. Would be another. like A lot of, of players. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of knowledge of players. I think A lot of people say, oh, I'm a diehard Cubs fan. I'll say, give me their infield and they won't be able to name you it. You know
1: what they are? They're a diehard Wrigley Field
0: fan. Yes, that's a whole. That's a very different thing. Yes. Okay, so right. go ahead. So we are five minutes in and we haven't said one thing about Zen Parenting Radio. So what do you want to start with? Do you want I to want to,
1: start- to talk... We'll talk about who are they first. And it may not even go on that long.
0: Okay, let's give it a whirl.
1: Well, I've I've found that... I need
0: it, some examples.
1: Okay, I will give you some. I have found that one thing that tends to... Kind of, it annoys me, it grates on me, is when I will ask someone a question like, why are you... Um, why are, why are you choosing to wear that? Or where did you get that? And they will say something like, well, that's what they wear. Mm-hmm. Or that's what they're wearing this year. Yeah. Or that's what they say is the best thing to wear. Right. So I'm using clothes initially. Right. And I'll always say, well, who's they? Like, and they'll say, well, it's in this magazine. Right. Or it's, you know, I saw it on this show. and. Here's the thing. I don't want to give a blanket statement of that's annoying, period. If someone's like really into fashion or they're into art or creativity and they see those things as kind of like a kind of fun thing to follow, awesome. Right. You know, like enjoy that and enjoy the diversity of, um, of fashion and all the things you understand. But when people just are at the mercy of what is supposed to be in style or in fashion and they say, well, I have to wear – this, even though it looks awful on me, because they say your it's friends in style. have
0: done that to you, haven't they? You like, wasn't there a time like two years ago you wore Birkenstocks? <laughs> And they all started making fun of you for it? I
1: don't remember Birkenstocks. I
0: think it was Birkenstocks. I mean, I do
1: wear Birkenstocks. I like and them. And
0: they said, why did you wear those? And you said, because they're well, comfortable. Well, I
1: think that over my lifetime, that even though I... Here's the thing, is there's some trends I love. Like, I'm not against fashion. There's some trends that I'm like, "Oh, good. Like, long skirts right. are kind of back. I love that. Or I, you know, love tanks. Or I love. So it's not that I'm against fashion. It's just when it doesn't work for me... I'm not going to wear it because they say to wear it. Right. And I'm always curious about that. Meaning, like, I'm always curious what someone's thinking. Like, why would you do that if it's not good? And this translates to parenting. So
0: let's translate it to parenting. So
1: things come and go in parenting, right? We've been parenting how long? Now, 10 years. 10 years. And what was in vogue when we first started um, parenting Mm -hmm. was um, co-sleeping. Right. Um, well, I guess it depends on where you are and where you live, what was in vogue.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's certain books that come around that gain popularity right. really quickly and then fall...
1: Sleep training.
0: Right, like what was the happy... What was the Weisbluth? book? The
1: Weisbluth book. <laughs> I just call it the Weissbluth book. Yeah. A healthy child, happy sleep, or happy child, healthy sleep, something. Right,
0: and not that people don't still don't read that, but maybe it's not as...
1: There's probably 10 other books that have come and gone. Right,
0: so your question is... Well, this is what this guy says so this is what i'm going to do
1: well and that's even more specific than that's what they say gotcha you know that's what they say to do and i'll always really want to pick apart you know or why are you parenting this way or why are you saying that to your child well that's what they say to say Mm -hmm. and i'm like well who's they and can you realize or they'll say well it's in this book and i understand that you're if you're really looking for information um, and you would feel like you don't have any. you got to start somewhere. Right. But then you have to be able to bring your own sense of common sense into it. Right. Is that, that's rep- repetitious. You have to bring your own common sense into things. Is that sometimes we do things because a book or they or fashion tell us to. Right. And we lose track of the fact that we have a say if that feels right or wrong.
0: Okay? Well, and what we've always said is... Give yourself as much education and information Mm -hmm. as possible, but then when it's time to make a decision, forget all that and go with what your gut tells you. Because
1: your gut will incorporate all those things you read. Here's the thing, this is not black and white. Like I said, I'm not against trends. I'm also not against education and reading books. But what I'm I'm not necessarily against, but what annoys me is when people's whole position is based on they Mm -hmm. and they don't have any personal investment where they're like, well, they say to do that, they say to wear that, they say that's the best, and they don't have any like gut. Any personal um, feel about it? They, it's the, everything's they and and I, I guess, kind of in now more than ever because I'm older. Um, I kind of always felt this way, even in my 20s. But I really question who who are you giving your power away to?
0: Well, and and I will take it one step further in that, um, aside from books and things like that, I think as parents uh, tend to do things that we were brought up doing and we'll say well that's how it was done to me so that's what I'm gonna do to my kids that's what
1: they say is right
0: that's what my parents did mm-hmm. I, and because that's really our best example that's, right that's what we live through so there's no surprise when you hear that people do things the way their parents did it right and I think what you're saying is no it's okay to view your your own childhood as kind of the um the template the template mm-hmm. but then decide for yourself what will work.
1: Yeah, you kind of use your own experiences. Okay, here's what I experienced, here's what worked, here's what didn't. Here's what challenged me, here's what helped me thrive. And you pick and sh- you kind of pull from that and create your own. Like one thing that I for- I think we forget that we are is we're creative beings. We are not supposed to be robotic and we're not supposed to just follow other people's patterns and do what everybody else does. Now, we can learn from other people and pull from them and and, you know, and get guidance from them and use teachers. All that's good, but then it has to come down to your creativity and what feels right to you, and really, I feel like being a parent is a creative experience because moment by moment you are making decisions and you are having to go. I feel like things are so fast. You're even though it's great to read parenting books and listen to this show and etc. In the moment, you got to go with what feels right, and you know sometimes we may have a rule about something. And then there's a moment where that rule, it's not about it being broken. It's just things have to kind of bend. You know, that's the whole point of, um, can I get deep in yogic for a second? Please. If you, you know, your body, you know, think yoga. If you are really rigid and stiff... There is no way that you're going to be able to move yourself into poses. And I think of rigidity and stiffness as far as being a complete rule follower. And I do everything by the book and I do everything they say. That's rigidity. You're going to break because there's no way to keep that. Life isn't like that. It's more fluid. And if you can ground yourself and be grounded in some principles where you have some, you know, a sense of values and ideals, but you also live in the present moment... So you have groundedness, but then you're fluid and you ebb and flow with what's happening. Then that's called flexibility.
0: So I think what you just said is exactly what I was going to say using different language.
1: Okay, please.
0: Um, I think it's a difference because once again, it seems like every single podcast we've done, we've done 120 some out of them. The one word that is probably most reoccurring is balance. Correct. So it's not about having structure. And it's not about being spontaneous or living in the moment it's about both Both. you don't get rid of structure because you want to be spontaneous and you don't get rid of spontaneity because you want to have structure right you want to have structure you want to have some kind of loose boundaries but and i'm more um guilty of this than you are like i kind of decide for myself that this is the way i do things and i don't change from that whereas you're a little more loosey-goosey like for a totally random example but when i play blackjack I know that on certain cards I'm going to hit and on certain cards I'm going to stay. I go by the book. Mm. I tell what the book says. My friend Marty, who is a much more aggressive gambler, he kind of trusts his gut. Mm. And um, I'm not going to say who has won or lost more money playing blackjack, Mm -hmm. even though it's me, but I'm not going to say that. What,
1: you won or lost more? Well,
0: it's not that I've won that much. It's that I haven't lost as much as Marty.
1: Marty tends to like the game a little bit. Yes, he
0: likes the game. He he has gambled more. Mm -hmm. than, But it's my i feel like my way is right and he feels his way is right and they're not neither one of them mm-hmm. is right cuz sometimes you do have a feel and you want to do something against yeah. your own rules yeah. and i think feel like the same thing is in parenting be fluid be like water like sometimes you do something completely random
1: well be present because you know what a set of rules is it takes you you're in your head mm-hmm. you're all about it has to look this way i'll give you an example of something that just happened yesterday between you and i okay, okay? So, if you listen to the show, you know that Todd likes to have rules about money, okay? And a lot of them are in your head, where you make decisions very quickly, and I usually know what that decision is going to be, because it's the more, um, uh, what's the word when you're being more... Cheap. Financially... um, Cheap. (laughs) Whatever, okay. I don't, that word sounds mean. Cheap. Okay, so you're being cheap. So... The other day, or yesterday, we went to eat, and we were going to someplace in the city. And as we're pulling up to the restaurant, I said, don't worry about it. There's valet. And right when it came out of my mouth, I started to laugh. And I'm like, you're not going to use valet. And you're like, I'm not going to use well, valet. Well, if I
0: was in downtown Chicago, I would use, because I know there's no way in heck that I would get a spot. But we're on the west side. Right. And you just drive two blocks. And
1: I agree. And here's the way my thought process goes. If I drove around once or twice, yes, I'd probably do what you did. I'd drive around once or twice, see if I could find a spot. But I'm also not going to waste time with my family or time getting to the table or the anxiety – to save that money. And I think sometimes you get focused on saving the money because the valet was 6 bucks. It was nothing.
0: Plus you're going to tip them.
1: Plus you well, you can tip them, but here's what I've experienced in Chicago, you know, being going there as much as we have. A lot of times you find a space and you're like, okay, this is the space where I'm going to make it work, or it'll be fine, and I'll put in some quarters, and you end up getting a, a ticket for twenty-five or thirty dollars or more. And if you would have just done six-dollar valet, it wouldn't have been an issue.
0: But if you're structured like me and you know how long you're going to be in the restaurant, which I did, I put in two hours. It was two bucks, so I saved us six bucks because I would have tipped the guy two bucks. Right. Eight minus two is six. I saved six bucks. Was that six bucks worth five minutes of my time? Absolutely.
1: Well, and here's the thing: is for me, I would be sitting at breakfast. Worrying about getting that money in the meter, wondering if I had quarters, it would take away from my experience. It doesn't take away from yours. Here's another example. Last night we were going to watch a family movie, That's right? And so Todd has to go through all the free movie channels first, mm-hmm. and we're, and you know, all the girls and I are like, okay, okay, and then he has to go through free Netflix, yeah. and and then iTunes is the like furthest away possibility, and we have to figure out what. It's just the money. Why keeps pay for you...
0: something when you can get something for free? Exactly.
1: And here's the balance. I agree with you. You and I are a good balance for that reason. In that I am not as concerned about those things, so it's nice to have you give me some back and forth. And I'm not. I'm not uh, frivolous, mm-hmm. but you're also sometimes a voice of reason in a situation that I may need you to be like, right. Kevin, don't spend that money," and I'll right. be like, "Okay." But you also can be so rigid about it that you lose your sense of fun, right? And you're not. We're kind of like, can we just get this three dollar movie? And you're like, but we could find. And so we spend twenty minutes looking for something else, and it's and it takes away the sense of fun. Mm-hmm. So it's like that balance of we found a movie
0: on iTunes. On
1: iTunes, yes. Right. And so that's it's the an thing important is part of the story. In the end, you did it, right? And so it's not so much as. Todd, you need to change your ways as kind of backing up from them mm-hmm. and saying, is all that worth it? And to you, you might say, yep.
0: Right. Well, and we struggled with trying to find something on iTunes too. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, iTunes, here we go. Like we, we were searching through all of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I try to search for the free stuff first. And then if we strike out, which we did. Right. Then we go to Plan B, right. which is what we did,
1: and it and and you know, like you said, the we end saw of Bug's the, life, we saw Bug's life, and the end of the story, and I fell asleep. <laughs> the end of the story is a good one. The end of the story is not. See, see how you mess. There's no messing up. It's just sometimes what I feel like. Again, um, you are a balance for me, but I hope I'm a balance for you to be like Todd. Get your head off the finances for a second. This is two bucks. Right. and pull away from the need because you have you have said to me, you do get kind of a high about saving money. Mm-hmm. Which again, great. It helps our family. But sometimes when it's not that big of a deal, right. you have to be able to pull away from that high right. and say, is this really the best decision making? Yeah, you yeah. know, for this situation. So again, it's that balance between the two and going back to this whole um, conversation, it's about they how did we get away from Well, they? we went
0: from they to parenting advice, which was a good leap. And then we brought a real-world example. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of couples will be able to uh, identify with our story. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a man-woman thing. Sometimes it's the woman sure. that's really cheap and the yeah. guy is willing to spend... I was going to say frivolously, but that probably wouldn't be fair. Well,
1: because I don't spend frivolously. I just don't look at money as being the rules of my life. Right. I feel like if there is something important, we figure out how to do that. Right. If it, if I don't need it, I don't need it. Right. You know, like I'm not, I don't, you know, certain things aren't my thing. Right. Like we were just talking about fashion. I really don't go shopping for clothes. I really don't go get stuff right. for to have stuff. But I also think if if something is going to serve a need in that moment then you do it then i do it right. and and so there is no perfection sometimes i don't make a good choice right. and sometimes i do um but you know what we haven't talked in a, we haven't talked about our sponsors
0: so let's talk about um helping hands made services okay. they were in last thursday yes, i think thank goodness, and you man. said to me there was two uh two uh, women here and they're they're the same women every month uh-huh. and they're awesome yes and they were both here for about two and a half hours two and
1: a half three hours So that's yeah.
0: five hours of your time yeah plus i was thinking these women are probably much better cleaners than you and oh, I my gosh. ever would be. Well, first
1: of all they have tools yeah and they have you know what i mean like they have everything they need to do it and they do it quickly Mm -hmm. and that day i went to bed saying oh my gosh that just saved me so much time yeah it would
0: have saved you six or seven hours and it's the best investment ever so anyways if you like um having time to yourself Mm -hmm. helping hands nobody
1: likes
0: that 630-530-1324 give them a call com. Okay. All right. Are we going to go to BU Yeah, let's next? talk about BU. What is BU?
1: Well, it's something that uh, you and I have created. I think um, it, it's basically a program for kids. And I think that the reason that this has come to be is that you and I have worked with parents for a long time. Well, let me back up a little more. I, my whole, um, my undergrad degree and my graduate degree is in working with children. So right. I used to work with children. Um, I'm a therapist. And so I used to, you know, work with children and their families. And I did that for a long time. And I realized I, I was banging my head against the wall a lot because what I realized is that I would be helping the kids and then they'd go home and nothing would change. Right. And so when my shift, when I started coaching and had kids of my own, I realized that working with parents is what I wanted to do because it wasn't about the kids. It was about the parents. Right. So we've been doing that for how long? Long time.
0: Since you started with the PCI. Yes. So well, about eight years. Parent
1: Coaching Institute. So we've been doing that and, um, and I, and I love that and we're going to continue doing that. Yeah. I'm going to continue doing what I do as is Todd. Um, but we've, you know, realized that now that my daughter is 10, how important it is for kids at, especially at a pre-adolescent uh, time, for them to have an understanding of self-awareness and have an understanding of their value. And you're hoping that that's happening at home already. And I really do think it is in sure. many ways. But I think it's something that needs to be reinforced. And the big umbrella that I like to put um, it under is emotional intelligence. I think that um, in the schools, uh, Education is so pushed down their throats and the idea of testing and um, intelligence. IQ mm-hmm.
0: is so... IQ versus EQ.
1: IQ, well, IQ is so pushed down their throats as, as being, this is what makes you valuable. Right. This and is we, success. This is success. As if you do well, if you're in the gift of the program, if you get this score, then you are successful. And we can't force all of our children into the same box. Mm -hmm. They all have different skill sets. And it doesn't mean that they shouldn't do their best in school. It just means they may not be. The show we did about most kids are average. You know, we did a show about, you know, hey, my kid's average and that's not too bad. That's pretty great. And so, what Todd and I want to do in this, and we're calling it BU, it's kind of a, it's BE and then U, it's kind of a play on a university. Um, But really, it's just about uh, emotionally. Creating, uh, creating leaders by focusing on emotional intelligence, and I feel that fifth grade is a great time right. because I used to teach fifth grade, and fifth graders are still kids, and that they'll still talk to you, mm-hmm. and they'll still share their personal experiences, and they're still a little bit kid-like, but they're on that verge yeah. of about of. They're pre-adolescent. Right. They're about to go into middle school, right. and we're about to, when I say lose them, right. I don't mean literally, but they're about to go into that world of mom and dad, they're, I just can't yeah, hear you.
0: They're about to transition into a different world.
1: Yes, young adulthood. Yeah. So Todd and I are going to do this um, This class. class. It's, a, it's a curriculum.
0: Yeah, for six weeks.
1: It's, like, it's six sessions.
0: 12 weeks. Every other week. Every other we're week. We're going to do it here in Elmhurst, and it's going to be very small. It's going to be 20 people, 10 boys, 10 girls. All entering fifth grade, or at least that's our plan right now.
1: Yeah, fifth grade in the fall.
0: So um, we're looking forward to it. And you know, if you happen to live in Elmhurst and you're interested, let us know. But we just, you know, wanted. I'm excited to do it for no other reason that it's something different. Um, I've been volunteering a lot at the school, uh, dealing with these kids, and it's um, it's a lot of fun doing teaching um, this Junior Achievement thing that I'm doing. But it'll be even more fun, you know, developing our own curriculum on it. So if you happen to Uh, If you happen to know a fifth grader that lives in our little community here, Let us know, and maybe we can get this person in.
1: And for, you know, like Todd said, we have 20 kids, um, 10 girls, 10 boys, and filling the girls' spaces has not been hard at all. This is actually the first public announcement we're making about it. The girls kind of just, you know, we're actually I'm almost full. I think I have like three spaces left for girls. Well,
0: and uh, a few things. One is the way that each session is going to work is I'm going to work with the boys for an hour, Mm -hmm. you're going to work for the girls for an hour in two separate rooms, and then we're going to come together for the last half hour. Right. And we're going to focus on, you actually wrote this down, so I want to just kind of bullet point a few of the things. Okay. Uh, Personal understanding, emotional awareness, stress reduction and anxiety release, bullying, forgiveness, grades and competition, and then individual gifts and talents, giving back to your community.
1: And body image, too. That's important.
0: Okay. So um, that is the plan. And um, I think the reason it has been easier to get the girls to register and sign up for this class is not as much... As it seems, and what I mean by that is, usually it's hard to get the guys to a men's group or to listen to the show because they're afraid to be vulnerable. I don't know if that is as pertinent as it is for adults, simply because I think the reason we're uh, the girls' side of the class is filling up faster is because we simply know more girls. Mm,
1: okay, I that's true because we have every girls, experience
0: yeah. we've had um, soccer and all and performance. It's mostly with our daughter's friends. You're right. You're right. So I'm, so I'm not about to discount the boys. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of we don't we haven't reached them yet.
1: Right. And it's, like I just said, this is like our first public announcement about it. We just sent out a few emails initially to some people we knew, um, and that's you know where we are today. Right. Um, because you know, and I will say, because you may be very right, um, and I'm sure that's a definitely a piece of the puzzle. But I also think that this emotional intelligence piece is just as important if not more important for boys mm-hmm. I think that with girls because girls are more uh, in touch tend with to be their emotions. In, tend to be in touch with their emotions and it's very natural for them to talk about emotions and to talk about you know, friends and to talk about things... Just to talk about things more. That tends to be a more female trait, even at these young ages. But boys have the same issues. Mm -hmm. Boys deal with competition. Boys deal with grades. Boys deal with body image. Mm -hmm. Boys deal with bullying. Mm -hmm. Boys deal with understanding themselves and valuing who they are. and And not um, trying to be someone else for the sake of other people's approval. They have the exact same issues. And I sometimes think... um, Though that gets overlooked, that we say, Oh, these are girl issues and not boy issues. And and grown men who are listening to this, you guys know that's not true. You know, boys have just as many things going on. We
0: do, but we, this is a general statement. And the the funny story that I've told on this show, but is worth telling again, is um, I'll go away for a golf weekend, I'll come home, you'll tell me, How are, how's Charlie, how's Marty, how's Casey, and I will have no idea how they're doing aside from how their golf game is going or how their fantasy football team is doing. So in other words, even these guys um, who I'm such good friends with from college over the last 18 years, um, for the most part, we don't talk about any substantial stuff. And I'm actually transitioning out of, like, I'm almost force-feeding what I call authentic conversations (laughs) to these guys. And some of them run away scared, and some of them are up up to the task. And I've also built up friendships outside of my college friends. So... Um, but it's taken me a long time to get to want to even pursue a, an authentic conversation about something aside from girls and sports.
1: And you're right. And when I go away with my girlfriends for two hours, I have like 50 stories. Right. But that's the whole point of this BU exactly. thing. Exactly. That's that what we're
0: trying to avoid. We're trying to help these put boys. these boys in a position where that's not. The norm when they are in college or in high school that
1: their emotional experience is important and and it doesn't mean and here's the thing you got to get away from these old gender stereotypes about boys can't cry and boys can't be this because then they're weak it's actually the opposite a boy who doesn't understand their feelings a boy who doesn't know how to handle pressure from other people a boy who doesn't know how to speak um, kindly to other Mm -hmm. people because a lot of times the boy behavior is like a more of a fighting instinct or a defensive instinct. That shows up in relationships, not only with their friends, but with women. And we're perpetuating this kind of... um, this gender stereotypes and saying, well, that's normal. Boys will be boys. And then these boys don't know how to be in relationship with anybody. And so it's, it's bigger than just this moment. You know, it's like, well, right now, you know, cause I remember someone said to us, well, I don't want my, my son to be okay with crying at a baseball game. And I'm afraid if I tell him emotions are okay, then he'll just, you know, cry at at a baseball game. Mm -hmm. And my comment to that is two things. Number one, what's the problem with that? But if you are embarrassed by that, Don't worry. They're going to have enough peer issues or uh, what's the word? Peer pressure to not do that. That they're going to learn maybe that's not the time to cry, but they will know that they can go home and cry with you or that they can release it in some other way. Because what we want to teach boys is that their emotions are normal Mm -hmm. and that it's nothing. Because you know what builds up if they don't release their emotions? Guilt, shame. I'm not valuable. I'm not a real man. I'm not good enough. And you want your. You know, you don't want your kids walking around with that.
0: And those kids will either express that outwardly right. towards others right. in a negative way or inwardly right. towards themselves. And that's what we're trying to avoid.
1: And it, and just kind of as a, you know, little research-based thing, boys, what we've come to understand clinically is that boys, with all those feelings I said, shame, guilt, fear, judgment – all of those feelings with men tend to be more expressed um, outwardly, and mm-hmm. it does come out in anger and right. fighting and yelling. Women tend to direct it inwardly at themselves, and it shows up as depression right. and you know self-shaming. And so it, it can go both ways, Either though. Way, right. It can go both ways. That's just a uh, clinical statistic.
0: Right. So bottom line is we're excited. This is kind of something that you came up with that um, we're both really excited yeah. about. Um, we, I don't think it's going to be a problem filling this class in okay. our community. And hopefully if it's successful, we'll do it again next yeah. year or maybe do it in another in community s- close by in, in the do city. Or in the
1: spring maybe again right. too. But so. but for right now, we want to just focus on fall and yeah. get our um, – We're like planting a- the
0: seeds and, mm-hmm. and we're getting our feet underneath us. So mm-hmm. All right. So um, our second partner, can I talk about them of real course. quick? Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. They are our chiropractors. We go there Once a week, our whole family, and they are at 630-941-8733, CairoTree.com. Healthy families by choice, not not by by chance. chance. So give them a call. All right, the last thing is something I want to talk about, and that is an author by the name of...
1: What about this?
0: What about that? That's, that's tournament, that's tournament bad. of bad. Oh, okay, good. Because that's my tournament of Don't mess with my bad. order. Okay, go ahead. I have an order. I have structure. Okay. Don't Stru- mess with my structure. <laughs> Are you rigid? I am rigid.
1: Okay. I'm too, I'm Bruce, too fluid?
0: Yeah. Unfluid it, okay. lady. Um, Bruce Lipton is an author. He wrote a book called The Biology of Belief. He has a new book called that I haven't quite read yet called The Honeymoon Effect. Um, And he's a, um, he was a, I think he's a medical doctor, a PhD at the University of Wisconsin Madison. He wrote this book about how your beliefs affect who you are. And he, and he talked about a lot of things. It's a big book and some of the concepts I don't pretend to completely understand, but what I got most out of it is that um, in the, the idea of who you are in in this, in the uh, sense of physical disease, a lot of us decide um, well my mom and my grandfather had heart disease so i'm going to have heart disease like you are your genes you are who you who the makeup of your body is cuz
1: that's been told to us cuz
0: that's been told us we are by, told
1: that when things are passed through the genes right
0: and his whole story is that's not true your genetic makeup is maybe 10% of your physical health everything else is environmental you know what you've put in your body since you were born and then your belief system And he talks about the placebo effect and how it, you know, there's been a million scientific studies saying the placebo effect is something that actually, you know, we've seen TV shows. We know, right. We know it works. And um, he talks a lot about that and he has a lot of different case studies on it. Um, But the one thing that I thought was most interesting to me is he called something about the nocebo effect. So if you um, do believe in the placebo effect, and what I mean by that is if you believe in something and that something happens, like if you think that you're going to take a little white pill and it's going to
1: relieve you of symptoms. relieve you of
0: a symptom and it does just because of your belief i think a lot of people are in agreement with that the nocebo idea that he brings up and is probably brought up before his teachings is the opposite is also true if you think negatively about whether it's whether it's about your physical health or about anything else the negative feelings will create neg- your negative perceptions will create negative outcomes mm-hmm, for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't pretend to be an expert on it, uh, but all I want to do in this situation is become a resource for you. And Bruce Lipton is uh, he's got a lot of talks out there on YouTube. he's got books out there. Mm-hmm. And if that is an idea that is interesting to you, I encourage you to check him out because it's something that I find quite fascinating.
1: Well, and for us old school, like new agey people, because this used to be called new age stuff, um, you know, anybody who kind of been doing this, reading this stuff a long time like myself, you know, this is what Louise Hay used to talk about all the time without research, is if you think positive thoughts and look in the mirror and say, I love you and I care for you, that you actually shift the makeup of your body and how you feel. And, you know, people would always say, oh, that's ridiculous. And it was always it was like parodied on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel good. I'm good enough. I'm you smart know, enough. Smith. And
0: doggone it, people, and, you know, people like, like me. People like
1: me. And, you know, we make fun of that. But there's we now have research to back this up. And another author named Lisa Rankin who wrote Mind Over Medicine. And she's been around. But this new book um, is about her experiences also with – she doesn't call it the placebo effect, but it's the same experience. And you know what I think is interesting, though – is how people will say, "Oh, yeah, I believe in the placebo effect, but I don't really believe that my brain affects my body," mm-hmm. and how those are in complete contradiction.
0: Um, yeah. If
1: you believe in the placebo effect, what it means is that you believe that something you're doing is affecting your overall health, and therefore it does. Mm-hmm so that is what that is and somehow in our brains we've put them in different boxes right. and said there's no way that the what I think affects my overall health and we now know stress causes ulcers mm-hmm. you know we know that tension can cause a migraine right. meaning personal tension sure. and so we accept that, but then we're like, no. If I'm sick, my mental abilities won't heal. Yeah, they me.
0: separate things that really they shouldn't be allowed to separate right. from their perspective.
1: And they've boxed them up. And and here's the thing that I know that Todd will agree with me saying this. We, um, I like the whole approach. I like um, Eastern medicine. I love Western medicine, and I love them combined. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about getting rid of one and and just putting in the other. It's about utilizing the whole. You know, that's what integrative medicine is. Let's integrate all of these concepts instead of, say, this doesn't work, this does.
0: Well, and I just, it was that Lisa Rankin thing. She had a post about, um, what's it called? Uh, Spontaneous remission? Yeah, spontaneous remission. When people have terminal cancer and all of a sudden everything's fine.
1: It just goes away. And
0: once again, documentation and studies have been done that it does, in fact, happen. Now, they can't explain why.
1: So, therefore, it gets tossed in a box somewhere. Yeah,
0: as uh, we can't figure it out, but this in fact happens
1: or like i said to you who i you know like breast cancer they have done enough studies to know that meditation um will help people who are dealing with breast cancer um, help them through that process of chemo and getting healthy and you know etc and then people will take that research and they'll say yeah but that doesn't apply to other
0: illnesses Right. and
1: that makes no sense Right.
0: why, why would it be specific just to one and not the other Right.
1: meditation helps you when you, you could have a cold mm-hmm. and if you can take time for quiet and help your body your immune system strengthen and help it's not just about we get so research focused that we're like it only works in this scenario and the thing is is that we have to be able to again pull that lens back and look at the big picture right
0: okay all right well that's all i want to say i okay. think that that's enough okay good um last but not least our third partner is avid company they do painting and remodeling all over the and area give them a call 630-956-1800 that's 630-956-1800 give them a call um tournament of bad time i have one are you gonna say it yes yeah. i'm
1: gonna say the tournament of bad because it's been kind of like an ongoing thing with todd and i let's hear it so the tournament of bad is that since the girls have been babies, sometimes Todd will say, "You know what? Don't worry about it. I'm going to take the girls." I will say
0: this afternoon. I'm in I'm, charge. I'm in charge. You're,
1: you're going to be off. Don't the hook. worry about it. I'm. Ten. I
0: got it covered. <laughs> I, got it, I covered. got it covered.
1: And then what he'll do, and I'll just use this experience from the other day, is he said, "I got it covered. You, you know, you're you can work this afternoon. It's me." And I was like, "Okay, good." So I'm depending on that. And then he walks in and he says, "You know what? I'm going to go mow the lawn, mm-hmm. and I'll just tell the girls to not bug you." Right. And that I'm was like, my plan. okay, and we've done this, we've been together forever and had, and our kid, our oldest is 10. So, you, you this is not the first time where you say, I got it covered, but I'm going to go clean the garage and I'll just tell the girls to not bug you. Right. And I want to be like, I would love to go mow the lawn right. or clean the garage. And you, it, there's still someone who needs to be in charge. But every once in a while, I'm like, maybe it'll so work. So what
0: ended up happening? The girls came up? So
1: I went to a place where I could work quietly. And the girls kept coming up and asking me to do things. Mm-hmm. And I said, your dad is in charge. And they're like, he's mowing the lawn. Right. He can't help us. And they would come up and just lay by me and look at me. And the thing is, is I want to be with them. But I was told that this was my time. When I say I want to be with them, actually, I really don't. Well, I yeah, want to don't work. don't
0: want to be with them. But what
1: mm-hmm. I, I don't really mind their presence. Right. But they're kind of staring at me, looking for me to be in charge of them when you said you'd be in charge of them. Right. But your thing is I'm going to go mow the lawn.
0: Well, and not only that, because that's usually my plan, which is I will say, guys, listen, mom's working. If you need something, come get me. But there was one pretty big flaw in my system this time around. Which was? Which was I forgot to tell them that I was in charge and not to bug you. I just kind of went out and mowed the lawn. So I really and this had is- a bad fathering hour it or two was a
1: it, well it was more like a husband thing yeah because it was like I kind of felt like I was still in charge and this is a funny this can Todd and I have been talking about this since we first had a baby because one of my first articles that I ever wrote was about how Todd after JC came and I felt so strapped down by the fact that I couldn't go anywhere anymore and Todd would just you know come out of his office and be like yeah I'm gonna go to Target and I'm gonna run a few errands and I would be like I can't do that anymore I feel like I need to ask permission mm-hmm. to go do those things and you're just still so free. And here we are 10 years later, and there's still that difference in, I really need to know the girls are taken care of. Right. I really need to know you are on right. and not just telling them you're on and then going and doing your own thing. Because you know who they'll come to naturally?
0: You. Me. You're, you're the default uh, Default helper. parent. Um, and you wrote... Didn't you write a chapter in your first I book did. about... That's what, what I was saying. What was the name of the Target
1: one? Uh I don't remember. I don't
0: know. It was, it was in, like
1: the second thing I ever wrote.
0: Self-Aware Parent Part 1. There's a chapter about how I you got out mad out at you. me because I said I was going to Target.
1: Right. And it was just a metaphor for you are still living the exact same life. And you for take the most off part, and go do things. And I can't go to Target. Or if I go, it's such a production and, and I want you to at least understand that. That's all.
0: I have another tournament of bad. oh okay. Kind of along the same lines. Okay. And it's not that I'm bad or you're bad. It's more just acknowledging the difference between you and I.
1: Okay. Let's hear it.
0: Play dates. Because we're at an eight. You know, our kids are 10, eight, and five. So if your kids are about that uh, age, you might understand this. Play dates. Um... I will. I don't care how long they go for. I don't care how long our kids are over there for. They can be over there five hours. I can care less. Right. Or if somebody else's kids are over at our house for five hours, I can care less. Or if the parent calls and says, "Do you mind if I come pick them up two hours later?" Whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Right. At all. And that is very opposite of the way you. And it was more a um, an acknowledgement that when I. Um, When I want to just call our people over there saying, can we do this for an extra two, an hour or so? You would never do that. No. And the reason you would never do that is because if it was done to you.
1: There, it just depends. Like there are, as we've talked about this before, most of the time I'm not watching the clock. I'm not worried about it. But there was a time. Where I was so overwhelmed with my own kids. Like now it's different because they're older. If someone would say, watch my kid for two hours. And then, oh, by the way, I'm going to be an hour late. That was really hard. Because guess who's with kids all day? Mm -hmm. Me. If you're doing, if you're working all day and then doing a play date for two hours, it's no big deal to you. But for me to be like, for a parent to call me and be like, oh, by the way, I'm going to be there an hour late. That's huge. Nowadays, the girls are old enough that when they have a play date, I don't even see them. Right. So if, if the parent says, I'm going to be 30 minutes, like big deal. Right. But I still carry the point you're. From you're, when, from when these I girls carry were little. That. Right. So when you say, well, I'm just going to call them and tell them we'll be there in an hour. I'm like, oh my gosh, we told them four. We've got to stick by four.
0: Right. And, and I th- say, you don't have to stick to it. Because if they don't want us there an hour late, they'll tell us. What's the big deal? Well,
1: I just get embarrassed about putting them in a position. See, women and men are a little different. Right. Women will sometimes say, okay, and they really don't want to do it.
0: Well, and that's the whole thing about, you know, categor. you know, generally speaking about women, don't say something unless you want to do it. Right.
1: And that's something we as women need to work on. And, and the more I do that for myself, the more I'm able to go outside my box and ask for things that people may not want to do because right. you have to practice it to right. like live it right. but isn't this funny that we're ending the show on a I'm more rigid and you're more fluid thing yeah
0: that is kind of weird. yeah
1: because at the beginning we were talking about that, that I'm more unplanned. fluid. it was because I when it comes to play dates and stuff if we said we're going to pick them up at six we pick them up at six right. but at the same time I'm not criticizing parents who, who have called us and mm. said can my kids stay later because my kids are old enough now that's great mm. that's fine but for some reason, I carry a guilt.
0: Speaking of which, our two older ones—I said I'd pick them up at 6:30 and at 6:35. Ah,
1: we're doing what I don't like, so yeah. we got to stop this show.
0: Um, so um, do you want to promote anything other well, than BU? Just,
1: just uh, you know, BU, if you're interested in the whole BU thing, you got to email us, um, comments at zenparenting. Comments
0: at zenparentingradio.com. And or go
1: on my website, kathysiadams.com, and there's a contact page. Yeah. Or write to us on our Facebook page.
0: Any of the above. And
1: we'll send you more info.
0: And you have two books, uh, self Software Parent Part 1 and 2. Yeah. Get it off of Amazon or your website. My website
1: is cheaper, kathysiadams.com.
0: And that's it. Thank you very much for your support.
1: And have a wonderful week.
0: Adios. Mm -hmm.